0: Well, good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, tonight, we've got a tragic situation in Yellowstone and Livingston. Uh, massive flooding because of warm weather. Uh, the, uh, the water is coming down from the sky. It's coming down from the mountain and we've got extreme flooding. These are some pictures I pulled off of line. Um, and uh, right now, Yellowstone National Park is closed. Uh, you cannot get in. And the town of Gardner, which sits on this end of it, um, which is near Livingston, Montana, that, that town is, you, you can't get in or out of it. Uh, they have no water. Um, people are stuck. And uh, the town of Livingston... Every bridge, in fact. Why am I doing this? I have a friend, Lloyd Miller, who lives in Livingston, Montana. He joins us now live. Lloyd, thanks for being here. So you, hey. are, you are on your. You work at. Tell people where you work and what happened to your property.
1: Yeah, so I work down at Sage Lodge. We have uh, thirteen hundred acres down in Emigrant. We have a mile and a quarter along the river, and the whole lower property is completely underwater. We had multiple lagoons down there, and the river just cut straight through. And then it just kept coming up and piling up all morning. It happened really fast. So and, uh, you,
0: you were driving home, and to show people what you did, so you stopped to help people with sandbags.
1: You could see these people up here, they're sandbagging to save their place, and this is what it looks like. Like normally, we'd be a quarter mile from the river, and that's the river right now. It's, it's actually, if you look down this way, it's coming up over the road down there. And right up here, it's up to these poor people's – the front of their house and everything like this would, you'd have to walk way down to those pine trees, like a, a quarter mile away to even get to the beginning of the river. And now it's cutting right through their house in their backyard.
0: So, so like, talk to me about the dam, the, the, the bridges, what you've heard about the bridges.
1: Yeah. So I think that this morning, Carbella's bridge was the first one. That's a big steel bridge that goes across the river um, that collapsed and the whole thing just washed down the river, the whole length of the bridge. And then coming home, they had people stationed at all the bridges because of the uh, the big, I mean, there's giant trees. I have video of a whole complete small island going down there. And when that hits the bridges, it just starts ripping water up over the top and their, their bridges are impassable. So really everybody that's on Easter River Road and down in Gardner and everything is stuck. There's no getting over to this side until until the water subsides. Uh like people in Gardner and Jardine are landlocked, they're just stuck. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out.
0: Now Gardner's about 50 minutes from Livingston, Montana. What's going on? What you live in Livingston. What are you hearing is going on in Livingston?
1: Yeah, so Livingston, uh, I think they started evacuating it would be the east end of town. So the letter streets from B Street to O Street and everything south of Lewis Street is getting pre-evacuated, which means uh, a lot of things. It's probably that that uh levee or the dam that's in Sacagawea park is probably cresting i mean when i came home at livingston ditch down down the river it was across the river so i was driving through uh probably a foot of water just on 89 south to get home um it's funny because where we're, you can see the people up here where they're sandbagging um, we're actually the water behind us where we're sandbagging sandbagging is actually higher than where we're at right now
0: so how big a deal is this? for and This is going to cause a lot of problems, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like a horrible situation. That's probably one time in a hundred years. This is probably the hundred-year flood mark that everything's hitting. I don't think anybody's seen it wipe out bridges anything like this. Um, not not in any of our lifetimes, anyhow.
0: So Lloyd, show me some more pictures of what's going on, will you? Yeah, you can
1: kind of see these folks down here are all um, sandbagging. We're actually in a construction zone and the construction guys have been for two months tearing up the road and they've been so gracious. They've been running their uh, they've been running the uh, equipment to dump sand off for us to fill sandbags and it's great because people are just stopping like I don't even know any of these people right here, but you can see how scoot up here just a little bit more. And you can see the levee that
0: they're um, You guys, we're in in Livingston. uh, This is near the Yellowstone near Livingston, Montana is where this is happening right now. Massive flooding from warm weather, snow melt, and lots and lots of rain. There was a warning out this morning. We saw it that there could be flooding in Livingston, but no one expected this. Um, this is And this is Lloyd Miller, a friend of mine, who happened to be driving by this place and started getting out and helping with sandbags and that kind of stuff. Is there any property owners standing by there that um, aren't filling sandbags? I'd love to talk to somebody.
1: I'm pretty sure, no, I'm pretty sure nobody wants to talk to you because they're busting their ass to protect their property and everything. But right so You can kind of see right in through here. You can see uh, gates and everything just come oh, yeah. down. Just ripping down. Normally, like I said, it would be a quarter mile till you're even out to the river. And it's just – this is the back of their house here. So just a lot so this of the is, stuff going on. This is going to take a long time. <laughs> well, as you can see, it's raining like hell now, so we're not out of the woods. It's going to keep coming. So we have another wave of this stuff to go. It's just uh, – it's just – it's brutal you know you're at the mercy of uh the river i mean and when you think about it that's all this stuff all got carved out this valley got carved out you know whatever it is a million years ago or whatever it was just you know water running through this place but that's the crappy part it's just it's uh i don't know it's just tearing up right now but if you go up the up the road more i mean they were actually rescuing people in their houses they were like it came up faster at some of the houses are a little more lower level line doesn't look that bad now but i'm actually headed back to my truck so i can get a rain jacket okay uh, hey, Lloyd,
0: i'll let you go so you can go help people instead of just talking to me hey thank yes, you sir. so much for doing yeah. this i really appreciate it
1: yeah man brother thanks for caring uh All take right. care of yourself. I'll talk All right, man.
0: You. okay bye-bye So again, that's uh, right outside of Yellowstone. Yellowstone National Park is now closed because of flooding. Um, Livingston, Montana is being evacuated. Town, parts of town are being evacuated. They're worried about, there's a levee that goes along the Yellowstone at the edge of town. They're worried about that breaking. Um, as, As we're hearing most of the bridges from Gardner, there's several bridges and these are big concrete bridges. In fact, go online after the show and just put in Yellowstone flooding, and you'll see one video of this huge, it's one of those big train bridges that's made out of steel, and it's just floating down the river. So um, people in Gardner are stuck. They are can, cannot get out. They have no water, no electricity. Uh, so it's a pretty serious situation. Uh, Going to change that area for a long time. So hopefully we'll get something from there tomorrow as well. Um, that's uh, our breaking news for the day. We've got the rest of our show coming up. Um so let's get started with that. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the bring the lion. Um tonight on our show we're gonna have. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like I think that's why this is so much fun is because we'll see it five. So again, a breaking news story is there's massive flooding in, uh, in Yellowstone National Park. Um, Gardner has been isolated now, the roads are washed away, bridges are washed away, uh, parts of Livingston are being evacuated, people are sandbagging to keep try to keep the river out of their homes. Uh, we just had a live report, you can go back when we're done with this show and watch what we had. You can also go online, put in anything, Livingston, Montana flooding, Yellowstone National Park flooding, and you can catch up on what's going on but it's going to be uh, pretty devastating for people. Um, We have a new client. Uh, We want to get to them. We also have Bill London tonight doing the news. Um, Our sponsors are Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. And our other sponsor is Compton Family Farms, uh, Family Winery, excuse me, Compton Family Winery. And they're a new client. They're gonna be with us for the next year. And there's special deals you can get if you go on there. There's a page, you'll see it on the story in the video. Uh, You'll see the the link and you go to that link and you can save $15 off a purchase of their wine. And they sell mostly over the internet. They're out of Philomath, Oregon. A wonderful winery. Um, And you're gonna hear more from the owners right now. And we're really excited because we have a new client and it's something that you guys are gonna love because Oregon is huge in wine. And this is a client, a, a new client, and Tabitha Compton uh, called me up and said, we love what you do, we love your show, we, got, we wanna be a part of this, we wanna help sponsor you and what you're doing. And <clears throat> they're also gonna give you guys a deal on wine, <laughs> which is really good. So since I'm in Montana and they're in Philomath, Oregon, Tim Schley joins us. Hey, Tim. Hey, Rick. So Tim works with me. He's the one who's the brains behind the operation. Well, my wife is first brain and then Tim, and then I'm just like the, the face that's here. But Tim has shot us a bunch of video today. So Compton family wine, what, tell, tell me a little bit more about what you saw there today.
2: Rick, there's all kinds of stuff going on here today. They're bottling. It's a, it's a small family winery. They, they practice regenerative farming. You know, goats running around all over the place, which we'll probably show you in the future. It's super cool. I'm here with Tabitha in Amaris, and Amorous. Uh, and and today I think we're going to try some wine that's actually been brewed in these concrete eggs that you can see behind me.
0: Except, you know what? I I don't think that you brew wine. Ferment? You're a, yeah, you're a beer, you're a beer drinker like me. You said that, and I'm going. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think you <laughs> ferment it, and they. So if everything happens in these eggs behind you. So the, give me Tabitha and, and Emerus. This is great. I, thanks, Tim. Hello, Hi. you guys. Hey, welcome.
3: Hi. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be part of this.
0: I'm so glad you guys called. So, so tell me about that egg behind you, because I got to see it in person. Yeah, look at Emerus. She's like, a, this is Carol Merrill uh, showing us <laughs> the egg. So, t- is that what's that made out?
3: Concrete, yeah, it's thick walls. uh, I don't know, almost a foot. It's a more kind of a natural way of winemaking that the wine goes, this is our Chardonnay egg. And the wine goes in there after right during fermentation It naturally circulates through fermentation. So as it settles, then it gives off some leaves that settle down the side. But because of the vortex and the shape, the wine moves and it stays naturally cold because of the thick walls. Some people think there's a liner, there's actually not a liner. They've been making wine in concrete rectangular vats ever since they kind of started making wine, but the shape is new. So it's just a few years old. They have different sizes. Uh, this one is both of them. These two are 275 cases is what they hold. And it's yeah. kind of fun. I, I call it, um, it it's more user friendly of Chardonnay. I'm not a big Chardonnay drinker, but my husband and I love
0: That last part froze a little bit. After after you said, Tabitha, after you said um, my husband and I, that's where I got cut off. So just start again and I'll edit it together. Can you hear me? Okay, are you back? Yeah. Okay, I put the wrong one up. <laughs> operator error. I guess it was everything going on with the uh, with the, our, our situation in uh, Yellowstone National Park. So hang on. I just put the whole uh, wrong thing on there. Oh, anyway. Okay. So let me do this. I am going to go find it. I'm going to get Bill London on here and then I'm going to go find that video and we'll get that on here for you. So hold on just a minute. Okay. Here we go. Let's get Bill London on here with the news.
4: Good evening from the news radio, 1120 a.m. and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, co-host of the Wake Up Call, heard on KPNW 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Fridays. And here's a look at some of the stories, once again, proving that universally we're being punked. So today, Wall Street got slapped around like an Oscar presenter. Fears about a possible recession were pounding the markets worldwide today. And Wall Street's S&P 500 tumbled into the maw of what's known as a bear market. After sinking up more than 20% below its record set earlier this year, the S&P 500 dropped 3.8% in the first chance for investors to trade after getting the weekend to reflect on the news that inflation is getting worse not better the dow jones industry average was down at its lowest 879 points or 2.8 percent the nasdaq composite was 4.5 percent lower and the center of wall street's focus was once again on the federal reserve because they're scrambling some would say dithering to get inflation under control and its main method of course is raising interest rates to slow the economy but If they use it too aggressively, that's just going to cause a recession that much faster or maybe even make it worse. Some traders were speculating that the Fed on Wednesday may raise its key short-term interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, triple the usual amount, and something it hasn't done since 1994. Well, a bipartisan group of senators announced that they have reached a deal on a narrow set of gun safety measures. The agreement would enhance background checks on gun buyers under the age of 21 and bar known domestic abusers from possessing guns. It would provide funding for states to implement red flag laws that allow for the confiscation of guns in the hands of people deemed dangerous, however that's deemed. The bill falls well short of what progressives were demanding, but it appears to have enough Republican support to ensure its passage, at least in the Senate. Well, in the face of heated criticism, the Oregon School Resource Officers Association has voted to cancel next month's appearance by David Clark, the controversial former sheriff from Wisconsin who'd been set to speak at his annual conference. The association's leaders announced the sudden reversal on the nonprofit. Group's website after complaints from defund the police groups who were outraged that the group was giving a platform to a figure who has been an outspoken critic of Black Lives Matter. Clark, by the way, himself is black. Clark, who resigned as Milwaukee County Sheriff in 2017, was supposed to speak for two hours about leadership and policing at the annual conference, which is scheduled for July 24th through the 27th at Mount Hood Resort in Welch's. The association supports police agencies that assign officers to school districts. The association's board announced it had unanimously dropped Clark as one of its speakers, noting politics have caused a number of Oregonians to reach out in protest. Federal authorities investigating a fire that took place at a pro-life pregnancy resource center in Gresham a Friday. The building was heavily damaged during the fire, according to the Gresham Fire Department. Officials say there were no reported injuries as a result of the fire. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, Portland's Field Office, tweeted that it is assisting with the investigation and considers the incident suspicious in nature. Well, just in time for election season state workers in oregon will start receiving their 3.1 percent cost of living raises four months early and the state will pay five percent hiring and promotion bonuses under agreements authorized by governor kate brown now under contracts negotiated by the governor last year state workers were going to get the 3.1 cost of living increase on december 1st but they're now gonna be paid the higher rates starting August 1st. Under amendments the Brown administration signed last week, state workers will also receive separate annual raises known as step increases. Liz Mera, a spokesman for the governor, said Brown agreed to the early raises in recognition that inflation is causing steep price increases for workers and to address difficulties that state agencies have filling vacant jobs. Uh, That's a nice little payoff for the unions going into election season, isn't it? What about those working in the private sector? Maybe a tax break? Maybe a suspension of the fuel taxes? Well, that's not going to happen. Because as the governor has correctly triangulated, without the full support of the state's public sector unions, like AFSCME, the SEIU, the Teachers Union, and others, Democrats running for office this November are in a much more precarious position. Let's be honest, this was unnecessary and unwarranted. Something to note, state workers received a 3.1% cost of living raise in the second half of 2020 and a 2.5% cost of living raise in December of 2021 in additional in addition to their annual step increase raises. And while the private sector, the governor shut down businesses or greatly curtailed their activities, while state employees also received COVID hazard payouts of $1,500 to all state employees who worked qualifying amounts of mandatory in-person hours in the first 16 months of the pandemic. And on top of that, if they worked at least 200 hours of overtime during the pandemic, they got an additional 575 bucks Meanwhile, the Oregon Employment Department couldn't even figure out how to cut a check. Oregon's administrative agency predicts the total price tag of the move to cost taxpayers about an extra $40 million. Once again, speaking of the Oregon Employment Department, which badly botched unemployment benefits during Kate Brown's COVID shutdowns, is facing criticism now in the form of a lawsuit. A group of Oregonians filed a lawsuit against the Oregon Employment Department after it sent nearly 30,000 people letters saying they owe them money after receiving unemployment benefits during the beginning of the pandemic. Unemployment benefits recipients in February started receiving letters saying they owed the Oregon Employment Department money after receiving unemployment benefits during the pandemic. The lawsuit is against the acting director of the Oregon Employment Department, and the lawsuit details the department's overpayment system, claiming it's misleading, confusing and unfair. And as a result, claimants found out about the alleged overpayments months many months, and in some cases well over a year after they'd received the benefits. The plaintiff's attorney, Kelsey Heilman, said in a statement, our clients don't understand why they're being told a year or more later they have to repay money they already spent on rent, food, and medicine. The written notices they get about the overpayment are so confusing and contradictory, even lawyers can't decipher them. The attorney said this has led to a flood of low-income Oregonians who've been told they have to repay thousands of dollars in benefits. According to the lawyers, the goal of the lawsuit is a system that clearly explains why the agency believes the person was overpaid and gives them a fair chance to explain why the agency is wrong or asked to have the overpayment waived before the debts collected. Eilman added that the Oregon Employment Department's records say the majority of pandemic-era overpayments weren't even the claimant's fault. About half the overpayments were caused by the agency's error and another quarter are in cases where the agency made no winding of intent to deceive the agency. Cases where the claimant tried to follow the rules but made an innocent mistake. Of course, the unemployment department or the Oregon Employment Department has said, we're not saying anything about this. We we didn't screw up. All right, that's a look at your news. Now let's get slapped around with a little bit of real, a little bit of real, with Rick.
0: <laughs> wow, Bill, you're so violent. Of course, it makes me violently ill too when I hear what the state is doing. The governor will not give any of the rest of us a break on gas prices, uh, but when it's the unions who pay to get her elected, she'll do just about anything for them. Okay, I found the I found the Compton family video. The wrong one. I had two different ones. It's it's just. Operator error. Uh, so we'll have that show story coming up for you right after this from Dr. Michael Bradley.
1: Crowns, and we do really good crowns. Um, and it's funny, a patient asked me the other day, "Is like, how are you giving such cheap crowns?" And and I think they think that maybe I'm having like lesser quality. I have really good quality crowns, and we do really good work and we're we charge if you don't have insurance we charge 998 bucks so let's say you break a tooth and you know you need a crown you can call us and that's how much you're paying um, uh, you're not going to we're not going to charge you all these add-ons cr- you don't want a down. crown that breaks i don't want stuff from china uh, uh, it's a local lab uh, they're phenomenal so you're going to come in the chair we're not going to charge you for a limited exam x-ray um, a core build up and a crown we're going to ch- charge you 998.
0: because we have a new client, and it's something that you guys are going to love because Oregon is huge in wine, and this is a client, a a new client, and Tabitha Compton uh, called me up and said, We love what you do. We love your show. We want to be a part of this. We want to help sponsor you and what you're doing, and they're also going to give you guys a deal on wine. (laughs) <laughs> which is really good. So since I'm in Montana and they're in Philomath, Oregon, Tim Schley joins us. Hey, Tim. Hey, Rick. So Tim works with me. He's the one who's the brains behind the operation. Well, my wife is first brain and then Tim, and then I'm just like the, the face that's here. But Tim has shot us a bunch of video today. So Compton Family Wine, tell, tell me a little bit more about what you saw there today.
2: Rick, there's all kinds of stuff going on here today. They're bottling, it's a it's a small family winery. They they practice regenerative farming. You know goats running around all over the place, which we'll probably show you in the future. It's super cool. I'm here with Tabitha in Amaris, and Amorous. Uh, and and today I think we're gonna try some wine that's actually been brewed in these concrete eggs that you can see behind me.
0: Except you know what? I, I don't think that you brew wine. Ferment? You're- yeah you're a beer you're a beer drinker like me you said that and i'm going that's what i would say yeah I think you <laughs> for it and they so everything happens in these eggs behind you so the, give me tabitha and, and amaris this is great I, thanks tim hello you guys hey
3: welcome yeah thanks excited to be a part of this
0: i'm so glad you guys called so so tell me about that egg behind you because i got to see it in person yeah look at ever she's like this is carol merrill uh, showing us the <laughs> egg. so t- is that what's that made out of
3: concrete yeah it's thick walls uh, i don't know almost a foot it's a more kind of a natural way of wine making that the wine goes this is our chardonnay egg and the wine goes in there after right during fermentation and naturally circulates through fermentation so as it settles then it gives off some leaves that settle down the side but because of the vortex and the shape the wine moves and it stays naturally cold because of the thick walls some people think there's a liner there's actually not a liner they've been making wine in concrete rectangular vats ever since they kind of started making wine but the shape is new so it's just a few years old they have different sizes uh this one is both of them these two are 275 cases is what they hold and it's I call it. Um, it it's more user friendly of Chardonnay. I'm not a big yeah. My husband and I are big Chardonnay drinkers, but we like about it is it gives off more of a soft creaminess that, and not a lot of oak, so it gives more of the fruit flavors in a Chardonnay. Uh-uh. And then we also have another concrete egg that we do it all Pinot Noir in it too.
0: Um, so you're at the tasting table and you you know you hear people's comments what is it they like so much about Compton family wines
3: oh man
5: uh people really like this for exactly what you were talking about they don't love the oakiness of chardonnay and they like to be able to taste the grape in a totally different way uh so they also really love Compton family wines because of their regenerative agriculture practices and that it's a family establishment and it truly is that even with our wine club members we have one of the most loyal wine club groups of over 500 wine club members because Tabitha and Matt have been doing this for 20 years and they made this a place where people can come and be a family even throughout the last two years. People have been coming here to pick up their wine club memberships and it's just like seeing family members, it's so cool.
0: And you guys are located right on on, on the highway right there off of in Philomath.
3: Yeah, we're right downtown. The winery is and where we do all the production. So we have over 10,000, square feet of that we actually do all the production here. And then our vineyards are about 10 minutes south of us. So in between Eugene and Willamette.
0: So Tabitha, why do you do this? What do you love about making wine and, and doing it the way, the regenerative way? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, well, I, I just told somebody at the bank today, like there's a new gal working. If you if you work and you love what you're doing, every day seems like a vacation. And I do, I love what I do. I There's never a dull moment. I do everything from everything wake up in the morning i'm out with the animals and work the tasting room and my husband and i do too we have some great staff and it's really my husband and i and a couple staff members and we are a 10,000 case winery and it's fun because it's never a dull moment i do our national sales local sales as well as our wine club so it's always fun
5: all of the events tabitha does everything and raising three teenage boys these these two never sleep too. I swear they're doing everything and they're really into the community here. They do a lot of local combinations with food and local restaurants selling local food here. They're really all about keeping the community um, in their winery, which is awesome.
0: So even when I met your family, one of your sons actually makes kombucha and, <laughs> and soda or something, right?
3: Yeah, all the above. Yeah, he, I am not sure if I can legally say this, but yeah, he was selling soda at school. uh, All for Christmas. He didn't want anything for Christmas. He wanted different soda bottles and the heater for the kombucha. So yeah, he's following his dad's footsteps by doing all these fermentation things. And
0: so what did you do before you started the winery?
3: Matt and I met on a blind date, but he was brewing beer. He moved out from New Jersey and worked for Oregon State as a research vineyard, and he didn't get the job because he knew how to grow grapes. He got the job because he knew how to drive a tractor. So he's most in the farming and on the wine side. And then I was a horse trainer, so it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, and then I started working in the winery. I was, Matt and I were always kind of doing a lot of it, but we were amateur winemakers for a while, worked for another a couple other larger wineries. And then we started the winery in 2003.
0: So you're doing a lot of online sales so people from all over the country can purchase your wine and get it shipped to them, right?
3: And we have a special for your clientele, your buddies of Rick Dancer. If you go to our website, Compton Wines forward slash Rick, there's a whole page there. If people want to get $15 off their online orders, they can do that. If they join our email, they'll get the promo code. Again, the summertime we are on our expanded hours, which is Thursdays through Sundays, noon to five, and we have over 20 different wines that we have available, and we rotate what we have on pour every month. There's a little tasting fee comped if you spend $20, which is one bottle. It's pretty, their prices here are
5: amazing, especially for the wine that they make. I always say Matt makes the best Pinot Noir in the state. That's my (laughs) humble opinion. Um, He's a humble farmer, but he's an uh, incredible winemaker and they never gouge their customers. The highest price bottle is $40. And that's an old vine, 40 year old vine Pinot Noir from 2018 and it's outstanding. So uh, it's really $15 is actually quite a nice little gift, you can get an excellent bottle of wine and save a little money there. But send people in to taste because like she said, we have so many varieties on pour and we rotate those every month. So for $15, you get seven to nine wines to taste. And then if you buy a $20
3: wine, your tasting is free.
0: Did did Tim get to taste any of it?
3: He tasted the Chardonnay, but, yeah, we could get him tasting all day and keep him here all day. Oh, I there's did, so many. I,
2: did, Rick, I, I I could hang out here for a while, but I'd have a problem getting home. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you'd, you'd have to get a cab ride. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so, Tabitha, what are you hoping to get out of this relationship? You, me. With you? You, me, and the wine.
3: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Well, I'm just excited to support you and what you're doing. Even though you moved to Montana, I support that. I love that you're reaching out to local communities and all the other businesses. I love learning about all the different things you're supporting, but also just driving people to know about us. We used to be called Spindrift Sellers in the beginning of 2020, we rebranded. So that was a difficult time to rebrand. So in being in 20 years of business and then rebranding, I feel like we're trying to get our name back out there with Compton Family Wine. So, We want to invest in you and what you're doing, but also be able to share with what we have going on with our wines.
0: All right, so um, you're located in Philomath. And it it has to say something about you, I think, that you put your name on it now. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, what are we going to call it? Well, you know what? We make dang good wine. Let's put our name on it, you know? All right, too. You know what I mean? I think that's a really cool thing. Well, we appreciate your support, and we love the fact that we have a winery when we open our Airbnb, I want to get your wine out here so I can have my guests. When they come in, I'll have a bottle of wine that they get to have when they come to the Airbnb. Yeah. There'll be an Oregon wine in Montana. Cause there's not a lot of wineries in Montana.
3: No, one of my best customers is in Montana. They actually have old farm stand and doing a regenerative farming and homesteading there too. They used to live over on this side, moved over there. So I love talking to them.
0: It's a huge state. But system. I follow
3: them on Facebook and I love because they have the similar pigs that we have out in the vineyard and they have sheep and doing the eggs and chickens and vegetables. And I love learning about them.
0: You're, you're really into that, aren't you? The regenerative farming. I mean, this, how,
3: yeah.
0: Why? Why?
3: Um, it's kind of the old. Well, it's the new old thing. So it's the way that people used to farm using less input, less tractors, you use tractors, but a lot of even the regenerative farming, they're going back to the old tractors and not the GPS tracking and such so we can fix our own tractors because we can't get parts. So the little things, but also you're working the ground from the ground up, the soil, we're restoring, regenerating, regenerative farming and getting the microbiomes in the soil healthy. So we're not actually adding a lot of inputs or using our animals out there to do the natural manure on the ground so yeah there's a lot to it but it's also just more simplifying the farming and using what we have and not utilizing more of what we can't get do you think that
5: the soil is the most important thing for the good wine and good food i mean you know that so soil is really huge so that regenerative process rebuilds the soil and adds all those things back in that we've been missing for many years and a lot of soil in america needs to be regenerated in that
3: way And what it does is in the food system, and we're we're kind of overdoing it by wanting to put the effort into our grapes, but it increases the quality of our grapes. But also, what it does in our food system is gives us more nutritious foods if we buy regenerative. And when I can't find regenerative, I do organic. But that is actually more a lot of quite a bit of inputs too. The more I've actually learned about us doing the regenerative farming. So,
0: do you think people there's especially with all that's gone on the last couple of years that we're craving simplicity? We we want. You know, I was listening to Joe Rogan this morning and he was talking about a guy who has sourdough bread because sourdough bread has less gluten in it and it has the right kind of gluten in it. And this recipe, the the starter came from 1918 and he said, this guy sells bread like you wouldn't believe because he's going back to those. And Do you think there's something inside of us that just craves that?
3: Totally. Yeah. It's funny. You should say there's a sourdough because I actually have a whole sourdough recipe because we live off sourdough and we make bread like a couple times a week from our sourdough starter. But yeah, I, I know it is. We have a bread sheep sheepdogs and I'm trying to sell my puppies that I have. And there's so many farms out there that people are looking for dogs and different animals that they're wanting to have on their homesteading farms that you just purchased within the last couple of years. So definitely.
0: Okay. Well, gosh, I, this is going to be really interesting. I am so glad to have both of you here. Tim, thanks for running up there and then we'll have some video that they shot next week. We'll be putting out there, you know, Tabitha, I think part of what we should do is you should give us little tips like that on regenerative things people can do. I'm, I'm talking business here on a live thing, but who cares, but things That's, people yeah. can do to simplify their life. That would be, I think people would really, really resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, you guys, I'm going to edit this down, talk to you guys later, and we'll see you tonight live. All right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, See you guys later. All right. Simplify your lives. So I got one more final thought for you tonight. Um, I pulled this up while I was running around here. Um, You guys were watching that. but A couple of guys I met in Butte, Montana uh, a few weeks ago, and I cut up their interview into little pieces, and I put this out online today. And I think it speaks well of what, where my head is at right now. And I'm going to uh, bring that to you right here on, that's the one, no, yeah, this one there. Progress has a price.
6: We respect our ethnicity. We respect our history. Not all of it was right, definitely. We have the largest body of contaminated water in the United States sitting in our backyard. Are we blaning about it? And no. No. Here's no Butte, we put a viewing stand over it and charge two bucks a head yeah. to go look you at. You get it. lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah, 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 exactly. But here's the deal. There's a price to pay for progress. Would you, you agree? You got a cell phone? There you go. You got a car? Yeah, I do. Where'd I that a, copper come I from? Got, oh yeah. Oh you need copper for that, don't you? And gold. That hole. And silver. So that helped win World War I, World War II. Oh, lead oh, yeah. for bullets and brass. Yeah. Hello, Korea, Vietnam. Oh. And don't we have silicon here? Oh, yeah. REC, well, silicon. R-E-C silicon. Do you R-E-C like silicon. your cell phones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before you start complaining about the environment, and we live in Montana. We are the first stewards of this land. I hunt elk with my bow 14 minutes from my house on the other side of the East Ridge. We know what we have. Jim knows what we have. Our children understand what we have. But what Butte has always known is that there's a price to pay for progress. And by the way, United States, we paid that price for you. And it's now one of the largest Superfund sites in the United States. You're welcome. Because when my grandma turned the lights on in her house, they went on. And I, Jim, last time I checked, who World War One was yeah. that us? Did we win? How of course about, we won. Oh, World War II? Of course we won, yeah. That hole was the price you paid. You needed the medals. Environmentalists, Sorry. God, I shouldn't say it like this, because there are some wonderful environmentalists. Yeah. Those well, we agree would, with a lot of things that they do. You bet. Those that you would keep give the rivers us a black clean. eye for yeah. that, okay, you're welcome. Because we paid the price for you and by the way we also believe in America and the Constitution and your right to hammer us into the ground because of it understand fully price we paid for history is not a cultural aspect it's a view from where you stand and from we where we stand we're proud of it yeah. You know, we it we learned a lesson. It we're, we're, we're cleaning up. Yeah, we're cleaning we're up, up things that happened we, in the past. Yeah, you can't fix that. They did that. things in a hurry and they made mistakes. Of course we, they did. We did. But, but we understand. learned and we're cleaning things up. And so we we're know living we're, with it. Where we can be. So before you point your bony finger and say, how dare you? Number one tourist attraction is that Superfund site. <laughs> That's come sad to see it. people come to see it. They yeah. come to see it. But here's but the you deal. you learn from that. Absolutely. Oh, exactly. And we teach that all the time. And we did it. Yes, we did. Yeah. Butte miners took metals out of that hill. They made that hole. And they did it prior to that with 10,000 miles worth of mine shafts. And guess what? America, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> need a little bit more of those guys in my life. Um, I don't think I can top that with anything. Um. We need to get back to, uh, it's okay to make mistakes and it's not okay to rub it in. And I was listening to Rogan, as I said earlier this morning, and um, I disagree with a lot of things he thinks. Um, But I sat there after the show, after I listened to it, and I went, God, isn't that nice just to be able to disagree with someone in a civil, kind manner and also find things that I really do agree with him on. and, And it's not a big deal. Um, sometimes it seemed like when I was in Oregon that everything was a, was a drama. And I think we need to get past the drama and get back to living together as a culture. I'm Rick Dancer. Thank you, Compton Family Winery. Thank you, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, and also New Leaf Hyperbarics for that last video. Um, again, excuse my little snafu in the middle there, my problem. And Bill London, thank you for your news. Um, You guys share this on your page so other people see it. And don't forget, $15 off your order um, if you use that code, the Rick Dancer code on there uh, when you go on their website. All right, I'll see you tomorrow night. Um, What do we have coming up tomorrow? Elements Health Clubs, Uh, we're gonna talk about health and um, what is it, restoration, getting back to um, after you've worked out. There's a better word for it, but that's what we're gonna talk about. Then later this week, I've got somebody from Free Oregon. Ben's from Free Oregon is gonna come. We're just gonna talk. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff planned for you this week. I'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye.